We acknowledge traditional owners of the lands on which we recorded these episodes and their elders past and present. This is Graduate in the USA, here to help Australian students take advantage of the many opportunities to study at US colleges and universities. Hi, I'm Kathleen Lively. I'm an American diplomat, and I'm currently serving as a U.S. Consul General in Melbourne. My education journey included attending the University of Chicago for both my undergraduate and graduate studies. But outside the classroom, I was fortunate enough to play on the field hockey, softball, and soccer teams. I never started college with a plan of being a student athlete, but it was certainly a college life experience that I enjoyed thoroughly. Like many U.S. students, I moved away from my hometown to go to college and I know what a life-changing experience college can be. On that note, I really want to introduce Mason Cox. Mason is an impressive example of how a U.S. college experience can change lives, and I'm really glad that he can join us today. Welcome, Mason. How's it going? It's going really well. Yeah, really excited to be here and be on the podcast. People recognize you as the Collingwood Football Club, Ruckman, in the Australian Football League. But I'm really excited to hear about how you got here, from your college days in the U.S. to playing professional sports in Australia, and how your college experience perhaps led that way to get here to Australia. Started real early in life, played soccer growing up, um, and then in a very kind of summary way, I went to university to study mechanical engineering at Oklahoma State University and then about two years into it and was fortunate enough to walk on to the men's team. Played for the women's team actually for a little bit as a bit of a scouting uh, to help scout other teams. For basketball? For basketball, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they had a, what we called the dream team back then. Nothing near what the dream team was in real life. They asked us to go in there and play against the, the women's team to run plays of different opposition they would play that week or whoever it was and then from that the men's team Saw this freakishly tall guy playing the women's team and said, would you come and help us? So similar to yourself, I I went there for academic reasons and um, throughout my kind of journey there at at university was able to play sport along the way. Yeah, that's fantastic. So Oklahoma State, that's the Cowboys, right? Yep. How did you end up there? Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, when I was thinking about going to college, I sort of had a list of colleges that I was interested in. Did you have a list and who helped you make that list? Yeah, I had a list. So I've got two older brothers. One actually went to Oklahoma State before me and then another brother went to A&M. So in the U.S. usually it's uh, pretty typical to kind of go pretty near home. So maybe a three, four hour drive is what most people usually do. Um, now yourself being from D.C., I know you went to Chicago, so you're probably an anomaly for most. But sometimes you have what's called in-state tuition where you get um, a bit of a discount on university for being close to home. So I had a few that were kind of located somewhat close to home in that three to four hour drive range. And was fortunate enough to be able to go see different schools and then um, kind of see where I thought I fit the best mm-hmm. and where I could kind of, I guess, proceed and try to, I guess, do, do the best out of my academics to see if, you know, as everyone does to go there to get a job out of college, it's going to be a successful career later on in life. One of the other barriers, I think, for some Australian students is that they probably think that, gosh, this is a really hard process and it's, it's really easy for Americans to be able to apply and go to college. I know for myself, because my own parents weren't able to go to university, it was difficult. It's not easy for Americans either to sort of figure it out. So I don't think it's necessarily an Australian issue in terms of, it's a challenge for everybody to, to work through the college process. It was like building your first resume. Like no one really knows <laughs> what to put on the thing, you know. But I remember even now, like applying to colleges, I had no idea really what to expect. And I just kind of went on. I 
you know, fit all the answers and all the information and everything else. I was like, kind of like hoping for the best, you know? So um, it is, I mean, I think everyone's in the same process. I don't think an application from an Australian to an American is going to be any different. So it can be quite daunting. It's like, like I said, it's kind of almost like going into an interview in, in, in some kind of sense. But like I said, it's the same for everyone, whether you're, you know, living next door in the same town or whether you're in Australia, you know, trying to move half a world away to it. So there's kind of probably this angst around, you know, it's going to be tough to apply to a university and maybe it puts people off. You're having to do the same thing as anyone else, you know. So it's uh, it's one of those things I think you you just have to, to commit to it. Just say, I'm going to finish this and, you know, hope for the best type thing. Yeah, I agree. Everybody's in the same boat. It's interesting to talk a little bit about uh, going away to college or, or being close to home. I know that in Australia, most universities here are sort of commuter colleges where it's, it's not three or four hours away, but it might just, to be honest, like be 20 minutes away. And a lot of kids here basically live at home when they're going to university. It's a little bit different. I mean, even though it was close to your home, you did live on campus, right? You weren't commuting from your house. Yeah, I, I lived in a little dorm room. Now it's two single beds, and I'm six foot ten, <laughs> or six foot eleven now, so I didn't fit in that. But that experience, I think, of of moving away from home was the first proper kind of adult experience of paying your own bills, um, living in a house with other people, and moving away from mom and dad's place was. It can be quite, I think, daunting at times, but it seriously is one of the most amazing experiences I've had. And I grew up so much in those four to five years I was in university, learning my own path, learning what I you know, enjoy and what I like to spend my time on. And I think that's one of the biggest things you get out of it is just becoming that adult to go into the actual real world to work. Yeah, absolutely. It's like adult training. It is, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the Australian system usually requires students to sort of pick their field of study even before they start university. In my experience, and I'm just curious about yours, U.S. system, they usually give you a lot more time to sort of figure out what it is you want to do and what you're going to study. How did that work for you? You it, said you were a mechanical engineering. Is that how you started? Or? Yeah, so both my parents are engineers, mechanical, and that kind of followed their footpath going to university. And I assume probably your experience would be somewhat similar where the first kind of year you might take out of five classes in a semester, you might take one class that's geared towards your degree that you think you'll want, but you also take three or four other classes that might be a psychology, might be sociology, might be American history, English, whatever it may be, just to kind of broaden, I think, your horizon. Because a lot of people go into school thinking they're going to do one thing, and then they don't realize that there's this whole kind of world out there of these different kind of industries you can go into. And whenever you actually get there and experience something different and something that might have, you know, sparked your interest previously, but never really kind of dove into it 100%, you can kind of take like an intro class to see if it's something you might want to pursue later in life. So um, I was fortunate enough, I had an idea of what I wanted to do and I went forward with it. But there were so many things, like I said, on the sociology side and, you know, all these different things that I took on my first, second year that were kind of um, not necessarily direct and railed towards my actual engineering major, but really kind of broadened my horizons and my spectrum of, you know, the way I looked at life and the way I saw different people and relationships and everything else that was in uh, included that I learned. No, that's great. I, I had the same experience. I do think U.S. universities give you a little bit more leeway, and they certainly, where I went to school, you were required to take sort of a hard science, a soft science, liberal arts classes as well, and then some people, as you said, basically end up graduating the way they came in, but a lot of people changed their minds about what they were interested in as they, they took different classes at school. You didn't attend college with the plan of, of being a student athlete. Like you said, you ended up being a walk-on. How did you get drawn into college sports? I mean, what was it that did it? I think in the U.S., college sports, it's, it's very different to Australia where a lot of people actually pick their university based on how good a certain team is. So obviously, American football is massive in the States. I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't have gone to Oklahoma State if the athletics program wasn't as big as it was because that is in a town that's mostly made up of college students and there's not 
probably an entertainment aspect outside of that. That was your entertainment, was going to athletic games, getting groups together and going to experiencing a football game or a basketball game or you know becoming a soccer fan for the women's soccer team or whatever it may be. That was kind of the way you kind of socially got involved. I think a lot of people kind of gravitate towards that where I had no inclination to go play basketball there. And I think it was in those dorm rooms and the, there's probably 50 people on a floor and there's a male dorm and a female mm-hmm. dorm and there's maybe 50, 60 people. And the reason I got into it was a lot of people on my floor played basketball in high school, but finished before they went to college and weren't going to pursue that career. And they used to just kind of bounce the ball up and down after class, you know, and they're like, oh, we're going to go to the rec gym, you know, and go play. And eventually, you know, b- bouncing the ball in the hallways, you'd eventually get 10, 15 guys of that 50. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like I'll go play. So then we all kind of became friends. And I think that whole experience of not knowing anyone whenever you went to that university, I think I might have known two or three people out of, you know, I don't know how many thousands of people I graduated with. That experience of going there, not knowing anyone and really having to find yourself and find your kind of type of people and the kind of people you want to surround yourself with was something I think it was a very, very important, valuable characteristic in life. And I think whenever you, you get into that dorm room, there's 50, 60 people and they're all in the same kind of you know mentality of I'm away from home. It's the first experience I've ever done something like this. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you help each other out, whether it be different classes, whether it wants to be you know, involved in sports teams or just in general, just going out and hanging out with people. You just kind of start to gel with these kind of different people and you find your own path and your different people you like to hang out with. And basketball was one of those things that kind of brought us together, I guess, and kind of made my inner circle and group of friends. I've kept even to this day, you know, I keep up with them. And I was actually a celebrant from one of the guys who <laughs> actually married him a couple of years ago. And That's great. Just kind of a crazy side story. But, yeah. I mean, not having a guy just, you know, walking up and down the you know, halls bouncing the basketball, I would have never met him. Yeah. I would have never known anything about him. There is that kind of amazing kind of experience of just being a little bit uncomfortable where you just don't know what to expect and don't know what the future is going to hold, but also being able to share that experience with so many other people in the same scenario you really kind of, I guess, create this amazing friendship group growing up. No, I agree completely. My understanding is that perhaps here in Australia, when people go to university, they know a bunch of people that they're already Mm -hmm. going to university with. And I had the same experience with you. When I went to University of Chicago, I didn't know anybody else who was going to school there. And very quickly, by actually playing athletics was how I I found, you know, my tribe, my friend group. And it was fantastic. And just like you, there are people that I absolutely still talk to today and are part of my life so it's it's amazing sports are very much a binding thing yeah uh, it just brings people together which is amazing thanks for listening to this episode of graduate in the usa with kathleen lively and mason cox take a step closer to graduating in the usa by contacting your closest education usa office search for education usa australia in your browser or the episode notes in your podcast app So you were graduating, I understand, from school with the plan to work for ExxonMobil. And then, of course, now you're a professional football player. So how did that happen? It's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster of things. Like I said, I'd never played basketball or even touched a basketball, really. First organized game of basketball I ever played was against Texas Tech on t- national television. And I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't even know how to check into a basketball game. So it's a bit of a baptism go to the table. fire. Yeah, it's like go to the table. And I remember the guy sitting there, he goes, you have to take a knee. I can't see. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, take a knee. He's like yelling at me in the middle of this game. But that was my first experience, you know, of like, and it was an experience that I'll never forget. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on national television. Like, this is so cool. Like the family's all watching, you know, and I was playing the last minute of the game. We were up by maybe 20 or losing by 20 or whatever it was. So it wasn't, you know, an important match by any means at that point. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, just my sporting journey was kind of crazy. 
um, going from that basketball and then played in the NCAA tournament two or three times. And then that's an amazing experience flying across the world and the country. And I don't think people in Australia quite understand it. And then I think one thing I say that kind of grabs people's attention is I would always tell them we took private jets everywhere. So we would have a private jet get flown for every basketball game that was away. And people don't quite understand that because even for football right now, we still take commercial planes to go to Brisbane or to Gold Coast or wherever it may be. We're in college. It was, you know, you rock up to the local airport. There was a private jet there and the whole team got in there, staff, coaches, players, fly out. You play the game, you fly back that night and you go back to class the next morning. And that was just kind of, that was normality. It was kind of a weird thing, but that's probably one thing that people, whenever they go there and they play sport or whatever it may be, they don't realize, I guess, how much money and how many resources and everything else goes into these athletic programs and how big they actually are. I think if you look at the statistical data of population size, it's almost 13 times as many people in the U.S. So if you take the AFL and give it 13 times as much money, you can imagine how much bigger it would be and how many more resources they would have. So that's essentially what it was. And the whole AFL story kind of came out of the blue. I had no idea what AFL was. I thought it was Arena Football League, like Gridiron, <laughs> like, um, yeah. which is essentially indoor Gridiron. Yeah. Had a person reach out to our media person and then say, you know, we're interested in, we had seen him play in the NCAA tournament. We're interested in seeing if he can transfer sports because I played soccer growing up, transferred to basketball. And they said, oh, would you be interested to transfer to AFL? And we said, oh, okay. And, you know, free trip to Los Angeles. That went really well. Did a training camp there kind of thing. That free trip in Los Angeles turned into a free trip to Australia. Got to bamboozle them to bring my brother out as my quote unquote agent. <laughs> <laughs> Got this red carpet treatment and everything from the AFL and, um, like you said previously, I had that job at ExxonMobil and I had to make the decision of... You didn't even start with that. I hadn't started, but I'd already mm. picked out my apartment, moved all my stuff to Houston. Mm. And it was already set to go. And this whole thing came out of the blue. And I didn't think it was going to be anything serious because I didn't know what AFL was. And I'd never heard of Melbourne. I'd only heard of Sydney because of the Opera House and the Bridge and the iconic New Year's Eve. And came over here, saw it was a legitimate league, came back home and Awkwardly enough, I had to call Exxon and say, um, I appreciate the job offer you've given me. And I accepted for pretty much four months at that point and um, tell them I didn't want to go there. So it was kind of this whole experience of somewhat similar to going to college of not knowing anyone in a certain place and you know having to find yourself. It's essentially having to do that once more, but just in a different country and a different work environment that you had never heard of. So it was kind of similar, I guess, process to going to university the first time around. So maybe that experience of, you know, finding your own group and finding your way uh, by going to college really helped you oh, coming all the way across. 100% would have laid the foundation to do it all again. Yeah. It is a tough thing to find friends, I think. You do have to kind of put your ego aside and really trying to take board step and the first step sometimes to organize things to meet new people or to go do new things, whatever it may be that you probably wouldn't do on your own. Just kind of put yourself out there. Is it's, it's a bit of an awkward thing at times, but I've met so many people have gone over to university from Australia and just, you know, I've asked, you know, what's it like, you know? I said, oh, don't worry, like, you'll enjoy it. Just give it, like, you know, first month, you'll probably miss family and stuff. But after that, you'll absolutely love it. And they'll, you know, every single one of them has stayed for, you know, four or five years. And so it's the time of their life and they wish they could stay there for longer. And it's been an amazing experience. So in short, you would really encourage people who are thinking about making that journey, that that's a great, a great thing to do. I think so. I think I've learned the most and being able to grow the most in my life, I think, by taking chances, taking risks, and putting yourself in uncomfortable circumstances sometimes. But whenever you're actually in the very beginning of those circumstances, sometimes it can be quite daunting. But once you're actually there and you entrance yourself in it, you circle yourself with amazing people that you meet along the way. You realize how amazing life is, and there's so much more than just what you thought originally, and there's so much more opportunities and avenues you can go down to you know, see where life will take you. Yeah, it's, it's endless, really. It is, it is. I, so you talked a little bit more about 
what was a best fit, finding a best fit for yourself. What kind of advice do you have for people who are trying to make a list of maybe U.S. colleges that they're interested in? If you're going from Australia, like it's all, it's kind of like me. Like I, 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 could, you know, I could be in Perth, I could be in Brisbane, I could be in Adelaide. It's all essentially, you know, flight over the Pacific for me to get home. So it doesn't matter too much. But obviously the first thing, you're going over there for education. Like you want to know um, that the degree you're getting is worthwhile if you're going to put four to five years into it. So that's the first thing. But I think also personality. Like, I mean, it's always great to, to go and see a place, get your feet on the ground and be able to walk around campus and see kind of how it's all set up and everything else. And I know whenever I was looking at different universities, I had, you know, University of Texas, which is in the middle of a city, I had University of A&M, which is another one that's a bit on the outskirts of a town that's maybe half an hour away. And then Oklahoma State was kind of in the middle of nowhere, but I felt really comfortable there. And there was something about the people that was really just genuine and nice and kind of had this, you know, kind of brotherhood and family kind of feel to it. And I think that was one of the things that really got me across the line to go there was I wanted to make sure the next five years I had a great experience while also getting a great education. So I think obviously going to see a place is massive, but the educational side is also massive. And then finding your best fit. So if you're easily sidetracked and stuff like that, going to a big city like Austin is probably not your best idea if you really want to hunker down and get a decent degree out of it. Sometimes you might want to go to somewhere that's a bit more academically like circled around the town so there's, there's different kind of avenues of different personalities and characteristics that you find i guess that make you a better person and make you be able to focus better on what you're you know you're accomplishing yeah those are really good points i think you have to know a little bit about yourself i mean do you mm-hmm. want to do you like the big city or you, you really want to have a, a place that's that's smaller and really more focused around the school and and i know that we talked a little bit before uh about uh, weather Mm. And, you know, the U.S. is also really, really big and the weather is really different. And you can end up in a school where it's freezing cold or you can end up in a school where it's really, really warm. So if you if you're a person who gets affected by the weather, you got to think about that. So what college experience has stayed with you after graduating? There's a lot of different college experiences. The ones that you can talk about on the podcast? Yeah, I was about to say this. But I think the ones that kind of stick out the most, and I kind of mentioned it before, was the kind of lifelong friendships you get out of it. I know, like, I, I remember I've got photos and stuff of camping out, you know, a day before a football game to get the first ones on the road to be able to sit in the front row, you know, of a football game and having 10, 15 friends all camping out in these terrible tents in the freezing cold and just thinking, what am I doing? You know, like, I, I wouldn't do that nowadays, but back then it was just, you know, you had so much fun with the people you're around and everyone was in the same kind of mindset. I think you just kind of, you realize how important relationships are and how important friendships are in college whenever you're away from family away from probably what you're you're used to and you realize you know how much connection is important um, and there's so many things and you know I was part of the student government association and met different friends in that that were different from the athletic side and just a vast variety of different types of people and characters and stuff throughout my university days that you kind of find the ones you kind of gel with the most and the ones that push you to be a better person and everything else and there's so many people I've, I've met and have lifetime friendships with that, you know, will be part of my wedding party whenever I hopefully get married one day. And that experience of being away from comfort and meeting these people are in the same thing that you can catch up with them five years down the road, and not talk to them for five years, you know, and go your kind of separate ways and stuff. But whenever you catch up, it's just like, you know, it's just like yesterday and you just have a laugh and you talk about old times and everything else. Yeah, that's the best feeling. I have a, a good friend, several from college. It's the same way mm-hmm. I can go you know, my career takes me around the world. And so I don't see yeah. people for years and years at a time. But well, you can pick up the phone or, you know, get on the internet with somebody that you've made great friends with in college. And it's just as if it was was yesterday. Yeah. I, I was also thinking about what you said in terms of, 
your great experience getting on your private jet with the with the uh, athletic team as you go tough around. Life. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough life. But even for me, I, that's one of the things I remember the road trips yeah. playing sports. They were just fantastic, you know, just to be able to whether it was in an airplane or, you know, in the old van or or the the charter bus to get from game to game. You got to go and see different places and uh, you really made a bond with your with your teammates. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we even, I think at some point in, uh, during my college career, we even went over to Europe and we got to go two or three weeks and play basketball teams over in Europe for a bit. And then we traveled to Puerto Rico for you know different tournaments. And like we kind of got to do that kind of traveling around with it. And, you know, you have, you know, you got expenses paid for if you're on scholarship, you know, you have your clothes paid for. You're not really having to spend too much money in that sense. And if you, you go to a good program and you meet the coaches and everything else that, you know, you get this understanding that they're going to take care of you. And I think a lot of them, especially if you're from overseas or, you know, gone fair way away from home, they probably put the extra mile into to make sure you do feel comfortable. You know, you talk about those road trips and everything else, you really get that family yeah. kind of feel with, with sports and kind of one in all in kind of thing whenever it comes to, to games and you make those lifetime friendships that you always can reach out whenever you want. And I think you, you mentioned it too. It's, it's that experience of you have your own family, your, your biologic family that you're coming from, but you make a family when you go, go to college, right? Depending on with the group of friends that you're ending up with. So yeah, it's, it's a great friendships. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. If you, so if you were standing in front of a group of Australian students, what would your, your best advice to them be in terms of thinking about going to college in the U.S.? Every person I've ever talked to, and there's, there's been plenty of people, obviously, in Australia that have probably asked for my opinion whenever they have an idea that they want to go overseas is, um, you know, I always just say, just go do it. Like, in all honesty, I think once you do it, you, know, you make that commitment, you buy the ticket over there and you find the college you want to go to. There's, there's obviously a bit of paperwork to get there. But once you actually get there, you realize how much of a unique once in a lifetime experience it is. And I talk to people all the time. I say, I couldn't go back to college now being 30 you know, years old, it would just be a totally different experience to being 18, 19, 20, 21, unless it was like an MBA program or something along those lines. But I think being that young, trying to figure out your place in life and what you want to do and everything else, and being able to surround yourself with other people that are in the same mindset, it's a once in a lifetime experience that you won't be able to find anywhere else in the world. I think through movies and everything else, you know, it's kind of got this bit of a, an image and everything, and everything that comes with it. But there's so much fun you have along the way while also getting a degree and, and working hard. But it, it teaches you so much more, I think, about yourself and what you want rather than just an experience, go over there and have fun. You know, it is what it is. Like you, you come out of it realizing, you know, just how important these things are in life to be able to find yourself and be able to be on your own and be independent away from family and stuff to really grow up. Yeah, it helps with your decision making. But I, I agree with you. I think it's just the advice is just take the leap. I mean, it, yeah. it's fantastic and that there's people there that will support you. I think mm -hmm. that's the other thing. And the interesting thing you mentioned about uh, college athletics, there is a lot of money in it, but that money goes to other things besides just, you know, the jets back and forth to the yeah. game. There's a lot of support for student athletes in terms of making sure that people are on track and people are getting the help they need to to get through classes and um, a lot of advice and advisory groups that can help you think about what do you want to do with your career. Because, of course, not all student athletes become professional athletes, yeah. which is why you said at the beginning, it's really important to, to think about the academics, too, that you're going to get a degree that's going to help you no matter what. If you're great enough to be a professional athlete, that's fantastic. But if you choose a different path, that you'll have that foundation as well. So. I think there's a famous NCAA, I want to say, commercial saying 99% of athletes go pro in something other than sports. Yeah. And like, like you said, with the support staff, I mean, whenever I was in university, our basketball team and the football team and every other 
kind of athletics program, all had a building essentially dedicated to just helping student athletes in their you know academic world. So they would have you know all the different computers and stuff to be able to take tests whenever you know if you were away for a training session or a game or something. Whenever other people were taking tests. And even the professors, I found that the professors are so much more willing to help you knowing your circumstances and knowing that you can't really change, you know, whether or not you have to go play a game. And they would say, you know, don't stress. Like, we know you have this essentially building where you can go and get everything done and do it in a timely manner. And there's, you know, we would have had three to four people, I think, that would travel with us every single time on these private jets to all the different places to make sure that everyone was doing everything that was due on a certain day that was due while we we're gone. They would make sure that everyone was turning in their assignments, making sure that everything was on time and communicating with the professors. So they have people where obviously you're going to dedicate yourself to these athletic programs, but they also have these people who are dedicated there to make that transition as easy as possible. And every university, I think, would have those people to, to help everyone along the line. And those people you really lean on after, you know, a big day or a big session, whatever it is, you know, go in there and they go, oh, yeah, it's, you know, this, 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 and this, and you need to get this done by tomorrow. And they're just so efficient. It's just one of those things you have that's just so nice to, to help you through the, the tough times. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of support, a lot of support for academics and I think also just in, for your mental health as well mm-hmm. and making sure that everybody's well taken care of. So, Mason, you talked about going on a college visit and that's really important in terms of making your list but we know it's really hard for Australians to be able to visit in person and certainly with COVID visiting in person has been difficult. I know there's some other opportunities for people to be able to to see campuses. What do, what can you say about that? There's a ton of virtual tours and everything else and I think you can get an idea of just kind of how big a campus is, how spread out a campus is. I mean you have all the technology from Google Maps to, to everything a university is going to put out and like you said with the circumstances we're all in today um, everything is going more virtual because um, people won't be able to kind of go and make that travel arrangement. But I think you can get a good idea of kind of the type of people, um, the type of community and um, exactly kind of like you said, the city life to the rural life to you know entertainment around the, the place and whatever. So there's a lot of different, I think, aspects you can really kind of hone in on, whether it be at the university website um, or different avenues of talking to people that have maybe gone there at the university that you can really use. And I think some I've seen some things that universities do is they'll actually do a virtual sort of walk and talk like, you know, yeah. they have student ambassadors that usually give a, a, a campus tour and they'll actually take a virtual tour and sort of take you along with them so you can see you know what's going on and what the campus feels like. At the end of the day, the college is trying to sell you on it. You know, they're trying to bring you there. So they have all this marketing opportunity that they want to try to put out there to try to make themselves look the best they can and, and give everyone as much resources as they can to prove to them that they're a good school. So. You'll be able to kind of find out these, you know, like you said, the virtual tours, any questions you have, like these universities are wanting to answer these things. You just have to reach out to them to ask the questions. And once you actually get over there, like I said, just go there with an open mind. Obviously, it's going to be a totally different circumstance, totally different culture, having to learn a lot of different things, you know, going from Melbourne to going to Oklahoma State, even from Dallas to Oklahoma State. I remember walking in, seeing people in cowboy hats and cowboy boots, you know, they're country folk and you know, then you got these other people from the city. There's going to be a vast variety of the type of people you meet um, and just keep an open mind to it because you just never know the type of people you'll meet that you'll actually really gel with. I've made friends from all different kind of categories that value different things in life. You really find your kind of your thing that drives you, obviously, from an academic standpoint, but also just the kind of people you like to surround yourself with. So whenever you go there, just just have an open mind and make the commitment. That's terrific advice. So make the leap, have an open mind and really take advantage of all the opportunities that exist for going to, to school in the States. That's fantastic. I think there's a lot of different committees and groups you can get involved in. And there's so many different avenues you can go at university. Like I said, it was part of the 
student government, which I never thought I'd be a senator, you know, but <laughs> I was a senator in university. And there's so many things, whether you're just, you know, into basketball, you're into sport, you're into all different kind of subjects and stuff. There's, you know, extracurricular things that the school puts together to make sure that people feel comfortable to learn new things, to meet new people. So really just dive into that. And like I said, keep an open mind going into these different things. I just want to close by thanking you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us about this. It's a great to have you here and to talk about your experience in the States and really to encourage kids here in Australia to take seriously the, the great opportunities that are there for going to school in the U.S. I mean, it's a, I agree with you. It's a fantastic experience. Really, if you commit to it and have an open mind, anything's possible. So thanks so much, Mason. It's been fantastic. Thanks for having me on. listening to this episode of Graduate in the USA. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and share the show with a friend or high school student who you think is interested in doing their tertiary studies in the USA. On the next episode, Life on a US College Campus Through the Eyes of Academia, hear from Jeff Anderson, Counselor for Public Affairs, and Australian Dr. Jeffrey Garrett, who is at the University of Southern California and is the Dean of the Marshall School of Business. If you have any questions and want to get in touch with Education USA, search for Education USA Australia in your browser. I'm Samantha Jackson from Education USA Australia in Melbourne.